What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Today, we're going to be talking about professional athletes and their taxes. Most of you probably know by now that there's this thing called the jock tax. It's where professional athletes are required to pay taxes in every state that they compete in. But the part you probably didn't know is that there's a really interesting origin story that involves Michael Jordan and how he's ultimately responsible, somewhat, for this rule being in place. Then I'll walk you guys through modern-day athletes and give you real examples of how much they're actually paying in these taxes. And lastly, we'll talk about the correlation the tax rate of an individual state has with winning, and if there is one. So let's get right to it. Okay, so most of you probably know that there's this thing called the jock tax. The real definition is that it's a special income tax imposed by cities and states against visiting athletes when they earn money in that jurisdiction. Now, the easiest way to think about it is that it's a non-resident income tax. So when you're visiting an area, even if you don't live there, but you're a professional athlete and you earn money while being in that state or city, they can tax you on that money. So this special income tax is currently enforced in every U.S. state except for five, Florida, Nevada, Texas, Washington, and Tennessee. And there's even actually some cities that impose the tax themselves, Cleveland, Kansas City, Philadelphia, and Detroit. So it's a mix of states and cities that impose this special income tax on athletes. And the interesting thing here is that it's not just athletes. It's technically on anyone that earns income in another state that they don't live in. But most of these states don't actually go and chase down regular people like you or me to get this money. They focus on particularly athletes and entertainers and athletes specifically for two reasons. One, their schedules and salary are public knowledge. So you know when an NBA player is going to be in a certain city and you know how much money they make. And secondly, their income is high enough where it actually makes sense for them to hire people to track this stuff and chase it down. So again, if you go into a state and you're a small-time musician and you earn a thousand bucks in a weekend, it's not worth the state going to figure out kind of who's doing that, how much they owe, et cetera, et cetera. For an NBA player like Stephen Curry, who in 2018 made $37.4 million in salary, it sure is worth going to him and saying, hey, we need to figure out your taxes. And the reason I say Stephen Curry is because we have his numbers. So Bloomberg did a tax assessment of a few NBA players in 2018. Stephen Curry was one of them. He obviously lives and plays in California, yet he had to pay about $1 million in taxes that year to 15 other U.S. states, more than 15 U.S. states. This included New York, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, Georgia, Illinois, Louisiana, Arizona, Colorado, and Utah. So he made $37.4 million in salary that year. He paid about $945,000 in his jock tax bill. So I have the chart, and since I'm voicing this to you, I'll just read through it. Most of these states he played about one to two games in outside of California that, that charges him. So New York, for example, they have a 6.85% state tax and a 3.65% local tax. He played two games there, and based on his earnings over those two games, he was taxed $95,000, about $96,000. The lowest one, I believe, was Indiana, where he was charged $23,000 for one game. DC doesn't have one, so he wasn't charged at all for the game that he played against the Wizards there. Ontario, which was actually the biggest bill, he paid one game and was taxed $246,000 for that one game that he played there. So $945,000, he was taxed on his $37.4 million salary. Like I said, this applies to a bunch of other athletes as well. Typically, NBA players are in the middle of it. 
MLB players actually usually get it the worst because they travel so much. They play in a bunch of different states. But I have a few different examples here to illustrate the point. Shohei Otani will pay taxes in 11 different states this upcoming season. California, Illinois, Massachusetts, New York, et cetera, et cetera. NHL, somewhere in the middle, Ovechkin will pay taxes in 14 different states. One of the bigger ones in the NBA this year, especially because he switched teams halfway through the season, is Kevin Durant. He'll file taxes in 18 different states this year. So as you can imagine, athletes have talked about this in the past, obviously need to hire accounts and people to be doing your taxes that are professionals. It's not like you can just go on H&R Block and do this online. You can't go into a brick and mortar place yourself. You have to have, obviously, someone on your team who's working on this and knows how to do this stuff. There are NFL players who have historically said their tax returns look like a Bible. That's how thick they are. So just, you know, imagine that. But the interesting story about this is not that they pay taxes in each state. You know, that that's interesting to some people, but I believe most people probably know that by now. The interesting part about this is why it actually happened. The story starts in 1991. Now, I don't want anyone to freak out about this because it's true. Jock taxes have actually been in place since the 1960s. The rules were implemented, but they were never followed. Some states had them. Some states didn't have them. California is one of the first places to do it. But no one really followed the rules. They weren't actually going and taxing these people. It wasn't a, a priority for these states to do. But then in 1991, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls beat the LA Lakers in the final. Jordan had a big, big, big series. He averaged 31 points, six rebounds, and 11 assists, was named finals MVP. They returned to Chicago. They win the series four to one. They fly back to Chicago, have the parade, everyone's celebrating. Next thing you know, Michael Jordan's accountant gets a note from LA saying that he owes taxes for the jock tax for playing in LA. Now, like I said, this wasn't followed. This wasn't a thing. No one knew about it. They weren't paying it, et cetera. Jordan gets hit with the jock tax that year from LA. Many people claim they were just bitter. They wanted to implement it. They were tired of seeing him celebrate, whatever. He gets hit with it. Then this is where it starts to snowball. Illinois says, that's messed up. We didn't know that was happening. We're going to do the exact same thing. The bill is famously known now as Michael Jordan's revenge. So Illinois implements the exact same thing as California. They start taxing players as well. And now all the other states have implemented it too. So it was just a snowball effect. California said, we're going to do it to Michael Jordan after you guys beat us in the finals. Illinois responded in revenge and did the exact same thing. Then all these other states have done similar stuff. Like I said, 45 US states do it and uh, five cities do it as well now. So it has uh, spiraled out of control. A lot of different people are doing it. Now, there's a few ways that this works primarily. It's mostly two. So there's a way that's based on days. So there's a duty days tax formula, and there's a games played tax formula. Cleveland was really the only city that was doing it based on games played. All the other cities are doing it based on days in that city. And there's a reason for that, and I'll explain it. So the way that duty days works is you simply just take the number of days spent in a visiting state for the game or practices, and you divide it by the number of duty days in a season. So Steph Curry is earning $37.4 million that year. You take the total number of days, divide that over the amount of days that he spent in your city for those games, for those practices, et cetera. And that's how you get the duty days. Now, Cleveland was doing this thing called games played, and it was essentially just dividing the number of games played by the number of games in a season, and that gets the jock tax rate. Now, the problem with this was they were actually faced with a lawsuit. Colt center Jeff Saturday and former Chicago Bears linebacker Hunton Hillenmeyer won a lawsuit against the city of Cleveland over wrongful jock taxes. Now, Hunter's wasn't as huge of a deal. I think he was paid about $5,000 or $6,000 plus interest for a jock tax payment that was, that was not correct a number of years ago. 
But Jeff Saturdays was more interesting to me, at least, because he paid these jock taxes. And it came back later on that he got charged for a game that he never played in. He was hurt. So he was in the city and the Colts played, but he was hurt and didn't play himself. So he went back to them and he argued, hey, look, you guys are doing this based on a games played tax formula. I didn't actually play. I may have earned money, but you guys aren't taxing me because I was in the state. You're taxing me because I played in the game. So they've since changed that and all the other states have followed suit. Now it's done on a duty days tax formula. So you take the number of days that someone's in the city and you divide it by the number of days in the season. And that gives you the jock tax rate or the amount that you're charged for doing. This episode is sponsored by Golden. Did you know that a Joe Montana jersey recently sold for over $1 million on Golden Auctions? Golden is the leading and most trusted destination for some of the most significant pieces of sports and pop culture collectibles. And better yet, it's not just for high ticket items. Golden's marketplace is open 24-7 and weekly auctions featuring authenticated and graded collectibles, all just starting at $5. That means collectors of all kinds can enjoy the same quality, convenience, and seamless user experience that Golden is known for at any price point. And here's the best part. Golden is offering no marketplace fees for items sold up to $10,000. So vault and list your items on Golden's marketplace now to enjoy this limited time offer. I'm a big fan of the platform, and I think you will be too. Head over to golden.com to get started. That's golden, G-O-L-D-I-N.com. Now, where this gets interesting is one, coaches are included too. So team personnel are also included. And you have to pay in your other states as well, obviously. So say you're uh, someone that lives in Chicago, but you play for the Knicks in New York, plus you travel for all the other games. So Kevin Durant's a good example. If he lived in Chicago, played for the Knicks or the Nets, and traveled for 18 other games. So he has to pay 18 jock taxes, plus his state income tax. If he lives in New York, he pays it in New York. And then if his main residence is in Chicago, he also has to pay it in Chicago. So now he's getting hit with potentially 20 or more different state or local income taxes over the course of a calendar year. You can see how this can get slightly confusing. And like I said, it's even worse for Major League Baseball players and NHL players because they're typically paying a lot of these other jock taxes in many other states, depending on how much they're traveling to. I think the interesting part behind this is we've actually seen this play into some free agency decisions, right? If you think about states that don't have income taxes, they should theoretically have a huge advantage when it comes to signing free agents because you can offer them the same amount of money and net taxes, they keep more of it. So the Miami Dolphins are a good example of this. They're in Florida. Florida has a 0% personal income tax versus New Jersey, which is 10.75 tax for workers that make $5 million or more. And the reason I cap it at, or I put the limit at $5 million or more is because we saw this with Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill was with the Kansas City Chiefs. He wanted a new contract. They knew that he wasn't going to get it there. So he said, if you're not going to give it to me, trade me. He essentially had a lot of leverage because he could just not go to the other team, right? So it came down to the Jets and the Dolphins who were the finalists to sign Tyreek. They were going to trade for him, plus give him a new deal. And Tyreek obviously ends up signing with Miami Dolphins. He had an incredible year last year. He's done very well there. But during a press conference, he said something last year that was very interesting. This is a direct quote from him. He says, it was very close to happening, talking about going to the Jets. Just those state taxes, man. I had to make a grown-up decision. Now, Bloomberg, in their article that they did on athlete taxes, they calculated the difference. So he saved about $2.7 million in 2022 by picking the Dolphins over the Jets. Everything else equal. Same salary, same contract, same guarantee, same everything. If he picked Jets, he would have lost about $2.7 million in taxes. 
And the way that works out is that there's obviously a 0% tax rate with Florida. We're not going to get into real estate or property taxes or any of that stuff. Just income tax, 0%. And he would have paid $475,000 in away game state taxes for the jock tax. And when you look at it from the Jets' point of view, the jock taxes were actually less. He would have paid $207,000 versus the $475,000. But he would have had to pay $2.9 million, basically $3 million in state income tax in New Jersey that year alone in 2022. So by picking the Dolphins versus the Jets, he saved $2.7 million in taxes. Now, that's obviously a huge sum. There's other people that are that are making these decisions. Also, one of the most famous examples that I like to use is Las Vegas. So if you think about Las Vegas, what is Las Vegas famous for? They're famous for boxing and MMA. It's become like the capital of MMA fights and pro boxing fights. And the reason for this is simple. The state of Nevada does not have an individual income tax. So there's no one more famous for this than Floyd Mayweather. From 2007 to 2017, so a 10-year period, a decade long, Floyd Mayweather fought every single one of his professional fights in Nevada. He wouldn't fight anywhere else. He only fought in Las Vegas. And again, it's the fight capital of the world. So a lot of people are traveling there. A lot of people live there. He lived there, all that stuff. But the reason he did it was because of taxes. It's estimated from USA Today that he saved about $20 million in taxes by fighting in Nevada versus California when comparing the two states' tax rates. Now, of course, that's California. That's one of the highest income tax states. Maybe he would have fought elsewhere. Who knows? But if you just look on a pure tax basis between those two states, Floyd Mayweather saved $20 million by fighting in Las Vegas versus California from 2007 to 2017. Every single fight. And again, there's a lot of other people that are doing this too. It applies to pro golfers and pro tennis players, which along with the weather and their ability to practice year round is one of the main reasons why most of them have their permanent residency in Florida because there's no personal income tax. So this is something that all athletes deal with, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, golf, tennis, fighting, whatever it is. Entertainers deal with it too when you're doing tours and other stuff like that. If they're able to determine the amount of money that you're making on certain events or concerts or whatever it is, you have to pay taxes on that as well. So the natural thing to think about after this is, wait, does that offer these teams an advantage, right? I talked about the Dolphins earlier. Theoretically, that should be an advantage, right? You're a team that has no state income tax in your state. You're able to recruit people like Tyree Kill, offering them the exact same contract versus the Jets all else equal because he saved $2.7 million. That's a lot of money. Anyone would consider that into their decision. And the truth is that there's not really a correlation. So 538, which is this statistical analysis website that does sports blogs, obviously. And one of the things they did a few years ago, I think it was in 2019 or 2020, they compared a bunch of the teams and the tax rates and their win percentages. First, they did championships because that's ultimately what all these teams are trying to accomplish. And they ranked them all. So they said, hey, here's the tax rate. Here's the number of teams and the amount of years that they've been playing. And they gave them points based on all their championships. They did this across the NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL. The years they did this was 2000 to 2019, so almost two decades. And the interesting part was that Massachusetts was first. They, they ranked them, basically, they divided the number of points by the teams in the years. They had the highest number of points based off championships and the years of the teams being there. And sure, part of this is Tom Brady and the Patriots. They obviously won a number of championships between 2000 and 2019. But all the other teams, the Red Sox, the Bruins, the Celtics, et cetera, won championships also. And they have one of the higher tax rates. Their tax rate is 5.28%, which is higher than a lot of other states. Nevada was second in their rankings, which is obviously 0%, like we talked about earlier. 
But that's skewed a little bit because they only had the teams in the years for three years, which was the Las Vegas Knights. And they won, obviously, the, the championship. So that's a little bit skewed. Missouri was three, who, again, has another high income tax rate of 6%. New Jersey was four at 8.59%. Pennsylvania was fifth at 3%. California was sixth at 10%. Michigan, seventh. Illinois, eighth. And the next non-income tax state was Texas at 10. So again, there's not really a huge correlation between championships. And when 538 looked a little bit more broad and just included regular season success, you know, maybe something finicky happens in the playoffs, you don't win, someone gets hurt, whatever it might be, there was essentially no correlation between that either. So again, it's really back to the championships, the regular season wins, and if there's any correlation between that and a tax rate. And there's not. There's no statistical analysis. I'll read you exactly what 538 said. They said, of course, playoff systems can be fluky, and some states with only one or two teams would be hard-pressed to win a title in any given window. So we also looked at whether income tax rates correlate with regular season win percentages across the MLB, NBA, NFL, and NHL, the four U.S. pro sports leagues that feature multi-million dollar individual contracts and unrestricted free agency. There was essentially zero correlation. Okay, so I think the biggest takeaway from here is that some people like to joke that Michael Jordan was the the cause of this. He's not obviously to blame for it. It's more about California being upset and angry that they lost the championship. They go to get some revenge. They charge him the taxes. Illinois says, okay, we're going to do it back to your athletes. Next thing we know, it snowballs from there. It's become a mess for professional athletes. They're paying millions and millions and millions of dollars. I think that's the other point too, that this isn't a small amount of money. I have the number here. California in 2013 collected $229 million from athlete taxes that year. $229 million in 2013. Again, California is a huge state. They have high taxes. They collect a ton, a ton of money every single year. On a percentage basis, it's relatively small. But $229 million is a crap ton of money, however you look at it. I don't care. Percentage basis, nominal basis, real basis, whatever you want to do. $229 million is a lot of money in taxes. That's 2013. That rate has obviously gone up with contracts getting bigger and so forth. So $229 million California collected. Other states are collecting hundreds of millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, even single-digit millions is a lot of money to collect from professional athletes visiting your state to play in a game. Now, the way it breaks down is that NFL players file between 8 to 12 tax returns each season for the number of states that they play in. So they're the smallest. NBA players file 16 to 20 different tax returns and MLB players file 20 to 25. So again, it goes NFL is the easiest relative, NBA in the middle, MLB the hardest, depending on the amount of travel that year. So I think this stuff is super fascinating. It's one of the most interesting things, I think, in sports business because it's often overlooked, right? It's like, hey, these guys are getting huge contracts. Obviously, they're paying taxes in their own states, but they're also paying taxes on the road. And they're not getting paid, in most cases, 52 weeks out of the year. They're getting them over a certain number of games like the NFL, over a certain number of weeks for the other leagues, etc. They're getting game checks. And it's funny to look at these numbers and and say, you know, hey, that stuff's kind of out of control. But it is what it is. This stuff hasn't gotten any better. In fact, it's only gotten worse. Now there's individual cities that are charging it on top of the state. So when you go to one of these states that has it in the city too, you're getting double dipped on. And the players obviously don't like it. The accountants are, are probably fine with it because it's what's keeping them in business and giving them the opportunity to charge more fees and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. These athletes are paying a lot of money. It's fascinating to look at because we have the ability to look at hindsight and, and figure out kind of how this all started, what athletes are doing today and where it might go in the future. But I hope you guys learned something today. I certainly had a lot of fun digging into some of the numbers. 
to determine not only how much some of the athletes today are paying in this, right? Anywhere between a million dollars to potentially more for MLB players, NBA players, and NFL players, but also the history of it, I think is fascinating with Michael Jordan ultimately being responsible or playing a very small part in this rule that is now kind of taken over being implemented. So that's it for today. I hope you guys learned something new. I had a lot of fun digging into some of the numbers, figuring out how much some of these athletes are paying today in jock taxes across the NFL, NBA, MLB, boxing, MMA, whatever it is. This is super interesting stuff. I hope you guys learned something. And if you did, please do me a favor and make sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast feed you use, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever it is. Also, please share the podcast with your friends, rate it, review it, whatever it is. Let me know what I can be doing better. Let me know what you're enjoying and we will build this podcast together. Thank you guys and have a great day.